0: Greetings and salutations to everybody out there in Podcast Land. This is the Judo Chop Suey Podcast. And I'm your host, as always, Judo Dave Roman. What's going on, everybody? How's everybody doing today? Or this past week? Do you have a good week? Yeah. Do you do some training? Do you get hurt? You get hopefully you stayed safe like I asked you to in my last podcast. I'm doing great. I'm excited to be back behind the microphone. In the D.I.E. studios, that's Dave is excellent. Actually, that's crap. I'm not excellent. I'm just okay. But I think this podcast is excellent. Uh, No, not really. I think it's okay. But so you guys seem to like it. So I'm going to keep going with this podcast as I promised to do. And here I am back behind the microphone to talk about judo, to talk about your reaction to some of the things that I've seen. But first, I'm really excited about this I've got a sponsor. I've got a sponsor to the Judo Chop Suey podcast. So let me ask you guys a little something just just between you and me. Are you having trouble with your poop? Is your significant other tired of listening to you grunting for minutes at a time in the bathroom because you're constipated? Are you worried about taking one of those other laxatives and it starts working at the most inopportune time like the car or at your judo club? Well, let me tell you about a product called Anusert Suppositories. Anusert Suppository is the new sponsor of the Judo Chop Suey podcast. With Anusert Suppositories, it works when you want it to and it works within minutes. No more taking a laxative hours before class and wondering whether or not your tomanagi is going to fail for different reasons. One dose will clear the pipes faster than any other suppository on the market. It's like Drano for the human body. And that's our new sponsor for the Judo Chop Suey podcast. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. There's no such thing. thing. Oh my goodness, that's just ridiculous. No, I don't have any any sponsors for this podcast. But hey, if you want to have your name mentioned, you want to be a part of the show, you want me to pimp your products or whatever the case may be, reach out to me and give me a little something. You know, whatever it is. You want to... I don't know. Send me send me a dollar. Send me You know what? Judoinside.com. They've got one of those those nifty little uh, uh what do you call, it? water bottles. I've seen them on their Twitter page. Hans, if you're listening to me, I'll plug your site for the next 2 months if you send me one of those water bottles. And let me I'll take it everywhere and I'll promote your site like you've never been promoted before. I mean, I'll, I'll take it not just not i not only to the club, I'll take it to my to work. I'll take it to restaurants. I'm sure that'll go over well. Hello, sir. Can I offer you something to drink? And I'll be like, no, thank you. I have my official judoinside.com water bottle. Oh, but sir, you're not allowed to bring. I have my official judoinside.com water bottle. Truth be told, look, I'm not really looking for sponsors. I don't need sponsors. This is free. This is my gift to you, the listeners. This is my legacy that I'm putting on on these internet airwaves coming to you to your headphones to your car speakers this is my legacy so if one day I were to die the people who love me can listen to me for the rest of their lives so sorry to get a little macabre there but you don't have to give me anything you want me to give you a shout out just ask I'll give you a shout out send me a message send me a tweet at la vida judoka you could shoot me an email at judo chopsui show at gmail.com you could reach out to me on facebook I want to give a special shout-out to the peeps over on the Discord server. You guys know who you are. You guys asked me to give you a shout-out, so here I am. Here it is. Check out the Discord server if you want to talk some judo with about, uh, I don't know how many people are out there, but but there's a, there's a good group, good discussion going on there. And, and as always, you can find me on Reddit at D underscore Rome. I like talking about judo and like talking all things judo, and that's why I have this podcast. I've had some great feedback from the last podcast, my very first interview uh, for the Judo Chop Suey podcast, and I overwhelming positive responses. I'm gr- very grateful for, for my guest, Bozo, to come on there and, and tell his side of the story and, and just to let the rest of the Judo community know how things are in, in, in other places. I, I thought it was a very interesting conversation, and I think uh, all of you found that pretty interesting. Not everybody though. I, I got a, I got a message from somebody that I, I appreciate because I don't want this podcast to be just an echo chamber for my opinion. So I, I, got a pretty interesting message. I don't know who this person is. It was, it was anonymous, but it came, uh, it came to me through my YouTube page. I don't know if you guys are aware. If you search for chop Chopsui on YouTube. You can uh you I, I post the podcast up on YouTube for anybody that prefers to listen to the podcast through YouTube for whatever reason. So I got an interesting message from somebody. It uh, it went like this. I, I'll I'll try not to read everything, but but I thought it was it was humorous to me. Not not that I'm laughing at this fellow because I'm grateful that he wrote, but it was humorous to and interesting for me to get a, a different take, a, a different opinion. So so his, uh, his message goes, uh, first time I listen, good show. The women's topic was excellent, but the Reddit story was a dud. Actually, it was annoying dud. It was an annoying dud. All right, thank you. The Aussie Federation has rules different from other federations, you say? Oh, that's a shame, period. That's their take on promotions, not what most other countries do, so it really isn't a problem. I, I don't know if I, well, maybe I said it was a problem. I, I think what I was trying to get at was that it highlights an issue with adults and promotions. And so. Anyway, I'm continuing on. You might think it's harsh, but I don't think there's a need for the melodrama. And I say that as a 50-year-old man who stopped that brown belt. I spent most of my adult life dealing with health injuries and a job that takes me on the road about three to six months a year. And while I have done judo and sambo in 12 different countries where I've worked, between the ages of 26 and 44, when I stopped because of pain, I didn't go one full year where I was wasn't away or injured. And had I been able to physically continue, I would have wouldn't have stopped just because I didn't have a black belt. Because I loved the sport. Well, you know, again, I don't think the issue is about stopping. Because you said you're doing judo and sambo, and and my guest was saying he would move on to jujitsu once he's healthy. Um, anyway. Uh, let's see. Presume Mods is a place where... Da, 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 da. Uh, what I don't want to see, and this, this was interesting to me, his, his opinion here. What I don't want to see, and thankfully will never happen, is the BJJ way of giving out belts, which is reminiscent of the old McDojos in the 70s. It's, I don't think that's really true. This, I, I, I've been to a bunch of uh, jiu-jitsu clubs, and I, I've I've never seen promotions that were were McDojo-ish. Uh, let's see. Apart from the US, judo is run as a club entities with technical directors who often leave, move after some years. The American way is private business, judo clubs with a sensei is the focal point instead of it being the club. When a sensei moves or dies, the club usually closes. Ah uh, I I don't know about that. I, I certainly not in the United States. I I I know locally there is and this is just me talking. He's not writing this. Locally, there's a sensei who's got it. He's, I, I got to believe he's a kudon. and I know he's he's uh he's toward the end of his life to to put it gently. And I know when he passes away, uh, that club is not going to close. And he's he's been the he's been a fixture in that club for over sixty years. Six zero, 60. Yeah, I said not 6, 60. So I that club is not going to close. I I know that. Um, so let's see what he says here. Continuing on, it's easier to pull the promotion thing like BJJ because also BJJ is the far west. There is no credible national or international bodies, no standards, etc., which sto- which suits the American psyche perfectly since Americans are allergic or, <laughs> or even have uses for national international federations in their sports that's that's great i love that you know this is the kind of email and again whoever you are i appreciate you writing because this is this is a perspective i love hearing i love hearing how other people, uh other people view americans from outside of the united states the only thing that was missing here was a uh, was you yankee doodle dandy mother <laughs> you know so that's the only thing that was missing here. But that I love it. I, I love that. I, I, I wish there was more of that. But uh I'm so I'm grateful for the message. Continuing on, let's see. There is no national and international federations in Major League Baseball or NFL. And while there are international federations in hockey and basketball, the Americans don't play well with others. BGJ fits perfectly in the DYO mindset. Now look <laughs> when it comes to american sports i hate to say it you want to play the best baseball you come to the major leagues mlb you want to play the highest levels of professional football you go to the nfl you want to play the highest levels in hockey you come to the nhl you want to play the highest levels in basketball you come to the nba and from what i've seen you want to be in the highest levels in brazilian jiu-jitsu there's other countries, uh, namely Brazil, but hey, come to the United States because we've got high level competitors here uh, in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Really can't quite say the same about Judo. We're not there yet. I, I don't. I don't think we have enough of high level coaches. I know other countries, they get coaches from from uh, other countries and and to help build up their programs they they'll invite you know the, the you know let's say for instance France will invite some japanese instructors to come over and stay for a while i know i know before he went on the lam um peter Seisenbacher was the head coach for the azerbaijan judo team I, I mean i don't know all the coaches but 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 there there are coaches that 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 train uh people who are not from their home country so and that that's an issue that the United States, uh, I think, has in terms of judo. But I I don't know if I agree. I don't know if I agree with um, Americans being allergic to to standards. I, I I've never ever called for the judo federations to be dissolved in the united states i have never ever ever called for that i they have a place and they they have an important place the only thing i was just questioning is whether or not for the growth of judo it's wise to put up so many roadblocks for shodan in terms of the other things now i've been explicitly clear the technical requirements and i'm going to get to this point in in a a little bit for the technical requirements for shodan are are what they are, and I think they're very good, at least in the United States. And I know in other countries, the technical requirements, what you should be able to demonstrate, that's spot on. Um, I, my only argument is is I don't know if they should be uh, all the other things involved to earn a showdown. That's always been my argument. Uh, let's see what he says here. Continuing on, don't think that this is a dis but which means it's going to be a dis BJJ. More, that's more of how it works. From the totally crazy retarded fees, um, that's his words, not mine, to the lineage hype they push, <laughs> okay. I know a few friends who stop Judo because their clubs don't have an awaza only class for adults and they say what you want. Judo is more punishing sport uh, once you hit the middle age, which is often too much. Uh, yeah, I, I, I supp- I'm middle age right now. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as saying it's punishing, but of course, I've got 11 years under my belt. Uh, let's see See what here Uh, this is kind of humorous I'd say the number one reason adults have for stopping judo by far is how grueling it is to be thrown 90 minutes of class I get the hard-on 20 to 30 year old men have for BJJ you watch the UFC get all riled up and say I want to kick some ass too because damn it you're a manly man too Of course, no one actually joins an MMA gym because, you know, (laughs) getting punched in the face and kicked isn't very fun. Hey, look, in all defense, that's why I do judo. I do judo. I'm a hobbyist. I'm a recreational player. It's all I'll ever be. I love judo, and I love learning learning how to—I'm not learning how to fight, but I'm learning fighting skills because, you know what, I'm too good looking to get punched in the face. And I'm too old to get punched in the face. I've got nothing left to prove anymore. So I get that. I, I get your argument. I don't really agree with it. I, I would say when I first did jiu-jitsu in the late 90s, yeah, that was that was, that was was it for sure. I wanted to be the next Hoist Gracie. And you got a lot of MMA wannabes joining jiu-jitsu. That was the late 90s. But these days, every jiu-jitsu person I know has no aspirations to be a mixed martial arts fighter. Uh, and I I know quite a bit of jujitsu guys, and none of them want to be in MMA. They they they're far more interested in in maybe transitioning to to no gi, uh, and and you know you know no gi sub- submission wrestling that kind of thing. Uh, but but I don't know any jujitsu guy that that aspires to be a mixed martial arts fighter. If they aspire to be that, they go to an MMA gym. Yeah, I'll last point here. Too many Americans over the past few years get fidgety about the rise of BJJ and feel inadequate because they feel judo has stalled when in reality, Hidaki Jime or Uri Garami is what they do exactly but with names in Portuguese. Well, yeah, I I get some of that bjj benefits totally on its UFC connection but so why so get upset no I I don't agree with that anonymous emailer I, I don't agree with that it's bjj benefits on the UFC but I don't think it's nearly as much as uh you're purporting I respectfully disagree with you I I think if I think it has more for the points that I've brought up in the past couple of uh podcasts I'm not going to belabor those points because I've I've already stated them but I think, I think, in short, jujitsu does a much better job enticing the adult participant, the adult beginner, uh, feels more welcome in jujitsu than in judo, and, and I stand by that, and I, I will not budge from that until somebody, some sensei out there that wants to prove me sensei. wrong, then that's okay, feel free, that's why I'm reading this email, because I, I want you guys to understand that this podcast is not a means for me to just pontificate and... And just get by with just creating some kind of echo chamber. This fellow disagrees with me, and I respect his disagreements, and there's nothing wrong with that. and And I'm grateful that he wrote. I love this take. Um, so anyway, that's that one. That's one response to it. Was a very long. I I it was a very long uh, message, and I I only read parts of it, but I I wanted you guys to get a different uh, take on that, and I thought I I enjoyed that message. I received a second message. A private direct message on reddit and i and i'd like to that's going to be part of this podcast what i'm going to talk about is is promotions in judo and what certain what i feel certain ranks mean and what certain ranks should be able to do and after that i want to discuss a little bit about the uh the the the, the tournament in dusseldorf which i thought was excellent so so let me read for you this this brief message that i received from a a fellow redditor out there in in uh, reddit land so this message, and I'm I'm gonna keep the redditors uh, handle anonymous because this was a private message. So I'm going to keep it anonymous. Maybe in the future, if he wants me to reference his name, that's uh, he can let me know. But so he asks, could you talk about the meaning of Q ranks and Don ranks? Uh, my interpretation of that. It would be really neat to hear your insights on this. Maybe something similar to this write up. And he he sent me a link to uh uh a website called dcjudo.com, Why Belt Rank Matters. I'm not going to read that article. You guys can, I can I'll can. i link that in the show notes if you're interested. But uh, I'm not going to read up that article because I want to give my own uh, opinions. He also writes, also being that I'm a BJJ guy, it would be really neat to hear your comparison to BJ, BJJ ranks. Uh, and he puts in uh, quotes, BJJ rank, x equals judo rank y in terms of skill level relative to mastering that martial art thanks you're welcome so i'll so let me give you my opinion and it again it's just an opinion on what i feel certain q ranks should be able to demonstrate to me it's if if i was a sensei of my own club these are the type of things that i would expect of certain q ranks so so obviously you start off at white belt. I think I think that is common across all martial arts that that has a belt rank system. You start off at white belt, and you just need to show up to class. <laughs> There's no, you can't go any lower in terms of Q ranks. Um, now the ranking system that I'm going to talk about is really the only one that I have experience with, and that's through USA Judo, the USJI. Um, that is the older name for it, if I'm mis- if I'm not mistaken. So, after white belt, the next rank is, is yellow belt, which is Goku. Now, for me, when I think of a Goku, the things that I would look for in a Goku is somebody who can do demonstrate proper ukemi. They can demonstrate two throws. And... In general, a lot of times, the, those two throws tend to be the first two throws most people learn, which is Osotogari and Ogoshi. Now, some people... I at, at yellow belt, I know a lot of yellow belts know more throws than that, but I should be able to say, demonstrate Osotogari, demonstrate Ogoshi. And that yellow belt should be able to demonstrate those throws. Now... You can mix in other throws. To to me, you can mix in Iponseinagi. You can mix in Ouchigari, and I I think those throws would be okay as well. So, I out of out of those throws, I like to be able to. I like yellow belts to be able to demonstrate Iponseinagi. You know, Ouchigari, Osotogari, and Ogoshi with some basic. Proficiency. I don't expect them to look very great. I don't expect perfect Kazushi. I don't expect um, just a perfect looking technique. And I also want to see the student at that level be able to demonstrate the ukemi from those throws properly. And that's the, When it comes to yellow belt, ukemi is the most important thing to me. I don't care if your technique doesn't look good. Or I don't care if your technique looks good. The thing I care about at that level is Ukemi. Y- y- you know, you don't have to know, you know, a bunch of different chokes, a bunch of different arm bars at that point. I would expect, you know, when it comes to Nawaza, I would expect the Yellow Belt to know kasakatami. I say, show me kasakatami. they should be able to do it. If I say, show me Okuri Erijime, I they should be able to show that. And also, I think at a yellow belt level Goku, that they should know basic history of judo. Who's the founder of judo? When it was founded? You know, how they should know how many throws there are in the gokyo no waza. They should know and be able to demonstrate uh, tai sabaki, explain what kuzushi is and and be able to tell me what what does kumikata mean? Things like that. My expectations for yellow belt are not very high. I don't think they really need to be high. Now, the next rank after yellow belt is green belt under USJ, uh, USJI, USA Judo standards. That's yonkyu. q is a is is a key rank to to me for the yellow belt because at yonkyu, I need to be able to see more than just the basics. The standards are higher for me. And I need to be able to see a yonkyu demonstrate six different throws, and those throws don't have to be, you know, uh, they don't necessarily have to be Osotogari and ogoshi, iponseinagi, uh, or Ouchigari. I expect a yonkyu to be able to well, if they, if whatever throws they choose to demonstrate, or or they have proficiency demonstrating, they should be able to demonstrate those throws, and. If I were to scale it, you know, out of a scale of 1 to 5, 1 being the worst, 5 being the best, I would need to see proficiency at about a 3. Now, granted, for myself, I don't have any throws that I would consider myself a 5, but I have very high standards for myself as a Shodan. But I'm talking about a scale of 1 to 5 in terms of that level, Yang Q. At Q, I I kind of expect... I like to see people who are ready for green belt be able to throw people in Rondori who are lesser ranked than them. Uh, beginners and and yellow belts, it doesn't have to be consistent, it doesn't have to be pretty, but I expect people who are ready for, for YonQ to be able to throw every once in a while in Rondori. Again, my standards are not extremely high for YonQ, but things like a nawaza i should be able to see some some controlled movement in nawaza i should be able to see a, a yankyu for example should be able to transition from kesegatami to yokoshiogatami to kamishiogatami i i should be able to see that transition at that point and they should have no trouble demonstrating that i also think that yankyu a a judoka should be able to demonstrate Ure Garami, and Juji Katami. I should be able to see some proficiency at a basic level with those techniques. And I should also be able to see proficiency with Hadaka Jime and again Okuri Erejime. I like to see a Yankyu have one turnover from a turtle. And I also like to see that they are able to demonstrate a combination technique. Show me... Ochigari to osotogari. Show me Kochigari to ipon Seyanagi. So, but my standards for yankyu are not very high. I I don't have extremely high expectations. And the reason why my expectations are lower for Gokyu and yankyu is because quite frankly, the ranks after that most people are in them for a while. And those are the key ranks, which is... And I want to get to that. I was talking about this earlier this week on Reddit. SongQ is, I think, as crazy as this may sound, the most important Q rank. In the United States, I believe across all Judo organizations, but certainly among the US, USJI, SongQ, you get a brown belt. And you are brown belt for SongQ, Niku, and EQ. But Song Q is an important rank to me for a variety of reasons. Sankyu is the rank where judo development needs to start happening. So, if you're an athletic guy and you're throwing people in Rondori where you know you you're just succeeding based on your athletic prowess, that's once you get to sankyu, I need to start seeing more than just athletic prowess and and strength and 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 that kind of thing and. I'm not saying that strength and athletic ability don't have a place in judo. They absolutely do. But at SongQ, that's the rank where I feel that you need to start showing that you are doing things in a judo way. Maximum efficiency, minimal effort, and you need to be moving in a way. You need to be stringing your combinations in Rondori to truly create some, some kind of Kazushi. You don't have to be good at it. But there comes a point in time where you start moving in a judo way. You stop crossing your feet. You, I mean, you should, be doing, you should stop crossing your feet by, by yellow belt or, or certainly by green belt. But, you know, you should be able to, you should have a tokui waza at that point, in my opinion. You should have a throw that you favor, you should have a throw that you can throw. That tokui Waza, you can throw with different grips. And you know, even if you don't throw the judo way in rondori, let's say, or even in, in competition, if you if you're a competitor at this point, in terms of demonstrating judo techniques, I need to see a proper Kazushi at Sankyu, starting at Sankyu at this point. But but Sankyu is a an important rank. So let me put it uh, in, in in another term. Since since going back to the original question, to me, Sankyu is the equivalent of a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu blue belt. Now, I'm not saying in terms of ground ability, uh, a Sankyu is going to be as good as a blue belt. It's not going to be the case. But in terms of technical ability, where you are at in your your judo path. I would say those two particular ranks, if you're comparing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and, and Judo, Sankyu is is the equivalent of a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu blue belt within judo. And I think you guys who do jiu would would have an understanding of what that means. Basically, at Sankyu, I would expect a Sankyu to be able to throw a brand new person who walks through the door, somebody who's equal size and you know, equal build and such. I, I would expect a Sankyu be able to throw that person, not all the time. It's it's always tough, but I should see something. It, this is the rank where you start to see development. Now, up to this point, this should go without saying that your technical knowledge should be increasing at this point. I don't really have it laid out what I expect Sankyu or Nikyu or EQ to be able to show, but. I would say that that whatever my technical requirements would be, I, I, I don't know them just yet. I know there are guidelines out there that I could use, but what re, what I'm looking for is overall ability, doing things a, a, in a judo way. At SoundQ, I expect uh, students to be able to start demonstrating grip fighting proficiency. I'm not saying it can't happen before, but i certainly would expect it by sankyu you should be able to get your grips dominate the other person's uh grips and and be able to throw from whatever grips you 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 can get not i'm not saying every single grip but you need to be able to show some sort of low level proficiency in grip fighting uh, you need to be able to show proficiency in Demonstrating combination techniques. You should be able to sh- demonstrate with some proficiency countering techniques. Now, when it comes to Niku, I would say, you know, Niku is an important rank as well, but is has got to definitely be better than a Sankyu. A Sankyu is like, you know, to me, Sankyu is like the entry level blue belt versus the guy who's been a blue belt for a year and a half. And You know, a Niku is somebody who's been a Sankyu for about a year, maybe a little less, maybe a little more, depending if you're a competitor or not. But you know, a Niku should be able to to do. You should be as a as an instructor or a sensei. I would expect a Niku to be able to do to to have a basic grasp on movement and body positioning, defending with the hips just circling and and really trying to get the timing of your throws down and and really aiming for that now granted the timing for throws and getting those effortless throws that's a pursuit that I will have for the rest of my life no matter what my rank is but at niku I'd like to see that happen maybe say once every couple of weeks you notice that your student man he just he was he was just dead on perfect with that particular throw. I want to see that kind of stuff. Now, something that I overlooked with terms of Sankyu and Nikyuu and going on to EQ is, in my opinion, and this didn't happen to me, but I think there's a place in judo for kata. And I'm going to have a discussion on kata in a future podcast. I don't know when, but I want to make sure that when I discuss kata, it's going to be in a pretty comprehensive way. And I'm going to be very thoughtful on that subject. But in my opinion, I think unless you're just going to a competition club and you're a high-level competitor, that at this point, you should be able to demonstrate Nage no Kata, at least some of the Tewaza and the koshi-waza, Koshi Waza techniques. I think by Nikyu you should be able to demonstrate that stuff. Now for EQ, I I think at minimum, you need to know, uh, be able to demonstrate at minimum 20 techniques uh, and, and be able to demonstrate them with a high level of proficiency. And not only that, I should be able to see you demonstrate several different Nawaza techniques, several different chokes, several different arm bars. I should be able to call them out and you should be able to demonstrate them and i you know when it comes to kata i think that somebody who doesn't compete at all uh should be able to demonstrate the first the first 3 or 4 groups of the of nage no kata so that would include besides the Tewaza and the koshiwaza the yashiwaza the machi and the yoko tsutsu those i think by eq you should be able to have and demonstrate Naginokata at a at a low level it doesn't have to be perfect but I think at that level you you should be able to demonstrate that you should by EQ EQ is like if I were to compare it to uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu the the four-stripe blue belt like you you really got to be throwing Shodan and and other black belts in, in Rondori or even in competition you got to You got to at least be able to put up a good fight. You got to be doing things the judo way out there. Um, Now, not talking about high level competitors, of course, because they're they're just a different animal, completely different breed entirely. So, but I'm talking about your regular club students that I think you should be able to really give anybody out on the mats a, a a good run for their money, unless they're an Olympian or whatever. But but you know somebody who's who's equal ranked around the same age and stuff you should be throwing them uh, uh, in rondori your technique should look pretty crisp it shouldn't look sloppy you should you should be able you don't have to be perfect but you 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 got to look good at at eq uh, before you get eq you got to look good and you got to you know like i said you you got to be moving and your throws have to have purpose your your attacks have to have perfect purpose none of this you know, tapping the leg and hoping, or, or whatever the case may be, you gotta, you gotta be going full out in your attacks and your commitments to your attacks. You, and when you make mistakes, this is very important to me. When you make mistakes, you gotta know why your throws are failing. Now, I'm not saying you know why isn't, you know, oh, I just did it wrong. Well, what did you do wrong? Did you not? Did you? Were you just in the wrong position? Did was your foot off? Did you not step in deep enough? You should be able to do a throw, analyze your own throw and your own mistakes, and then go on, go on and correct them. Whether that's in terms of demonstration or in rondoria, I should be able to see that kind of stuff. Um. Now you know EQ. EQs most of the time that I've seen are, are ready for showdown it it takes them maybe another I, I don't know it's it's really hard to say i i it did not take me very long to move from eq to shodan quite frankly some people it takes a lot longer but i do think i do think that an eq should be able to hang with most shodan uh, unless there's just you know physical advantages that you can't you know match up for but i i think at at, at eq you should be hanging with shodan. Doesn't mean that you'll throw them all the time. It doesn't mean that you'll get thrown all the time. But you should you should be able to hang with your 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 local club shodan, and, and give them a good give him or her a good run for their money. Now, in regards to shodan, uh, personally speaking, I I would expect a shodan be able to demonstrate the entire gokyo, um, and I would expect a shodan to be able to demonstrate. Okada. No and I just expect a Shodan to be able to build upon the things that they've been building upon for Sankyu, nikyū and EQ. And and I think I think by Shodan, you really need to show that you you're not only you committed, but you you're you really applied yourself. You know the all of the history of judo. You know everything there is to know about judo from a basic level in terms of rules. Uh, I think you should have competed at this point be- before you get the shodan, at least have some competition experience. You don't you don't have to have a great competition record. I mean, Lord knows I don't, but you should have at least had some experience competing, testing yourself. Uh, again, again just talking about club level guys and and, and hobbyist people, but you know, as we talked about on the last po- uh podcast, there, there should be a path for people who don't know or don't really want to compete because they're they're older or, or just way past their prime in that regard. But there should be opportunities for a person to achieve the rank of shodan if they've shown technical proficiency, if they're uh, they have good kata. And I, this is where I think kata comes into play. I think kata is very important for people who are not necessarily very good competitors you can still demonstrate that you are a good judoka and you understand judo principles and you have good technique through kata and and I think I think when it comes to to promotions to shodan at 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 the at the very least you should be able to demonstrate that you you are proficient in that way if you're not actively competing for whatever reason that may be but again that's just my opinion so at shodan again I'm not going to over all the techniques but I do believe that that you should be able to demonstrate the Gokyo and you should by Shodan I'm not a stickler some sense they are and, and that's their prerogative and that's fine I'm not a stickler for being able to demonstrate all the throws of the Gokyo both left and right sided with a high level of proficiency I would expect a high level of proficiency uh, for your dominant side but I think at Shodan, you should have a throw that you can demonstrate going left-sided. At least a few throws. And even if it's not the prettiest thing, I still think you need to demonstrate that you can go both left and right uh, if the situation calls for it. So, that's a long response, but I I hope you, um, anonymous emailer or commenter, I hope you... Uh, appreciate that, and uh, hopefully that helps. Oh, uh, to answer your question about jujitsu, I think shodan is the equivalent of. It, it, this isn't an original thought. I, I've seen this before. I, I would confer I, I, and I tend to agree that the purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu is the equivalent of the of the first degree black belt in judo. The shodan, I think, in terms of technical proficiency, that is a I think that's a fair comparison. Now, by Shodan, I would I would say that most Shodan, give or take, can hang with a BJJ blue belt. Um, I I know I can at least club level blue belts, blue belts anyway. Um, now I don't really know how I would compare a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu brown belt to judo, maybe Sandan, but to me a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt that would be the equivalent it compares somewhat to a yodan in 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 judo a 4th degree black belt cuz to me yodan after shodan yodan is a very very significant rank and for all the talk that i've been doing about you know all the roadblocks to get the shodan and such i think for yodan those roadblocks need to be there i think the standards have to be very high for yodan, and that, that that's just my opinion. I, I I think yodan is a very significant rank. I know historically speaking, when you talk about the title of sensei, that was typically reserved for people who were yodan and up. But these days, I mean, the kids in the judo club call me sensei. I've said it before. I I can't stand it. I don't I don't like it. I don't feel like I'm a sensei. I'm just I'm just a, a a Shodan is an advanced student and I'm just an advanced student who helps the kids out and teaches. But but I'm not I I I've tried to dissuade them from calling me Shodan. I'd rather them just call me Dave. But but at at Yodan to me to me you should be able to demonstrate throws both left and right. I think you should be able to demonstrate every single throw both left and right. You should be the college professor of sorts you should be the guy that knows every technique in judo that can demonstrate every known technique in judo every everything that is part of whatever you consider the judo syllabus i would say you should be able to demonstrate at yodan and i think those standards need to be high because yodan's an important rank it's it's a very it's a key rank and then of course ranks after that I can't comment cuz those are ranks I'll never get to I'll never get to I I really don't think I'll get to Yodan uh, I I aspire to to be able to demonstrate all all the throws both left and right side I, that's the, that's my long-term goal in the next 20 years to be able to demonstrate that but but Yodan is is I think out of reach for me and that's okay I can accept that that's not a problem for me at all So Hopefully, that, that, that helps you out and answers your question. I know it's a very long response, but to, to go through the ranks and to go through those type of things, That's a hey, this is a judo podcast, and if you find it boring, I'm sorry, but I love talking judo. I love talking all things judo. Now, speaking of judo, I want to talk a little bit about the Dusseldorf uh, Grand Prix, which was last weekend. Now, I would have liked to have talked about it last weekend, but the podcast Ran so long, and I mean, I'm grateful it ran long because it was a, I I loved uh I loved doing that interview, but I didn't get a chance to talk about the the grand the grand prix in Dusseldorf. And let me tell you, I caught up to a lot of the matches, and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed watching that grand prix. Now, just from the bird's eye view of it all, it it appeared that they were more upon. It appeared that they were less Wazari uh, or not less Wazari, less hansukumaki uh, I saw a couple of uh, 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 submissions by by Shimewaza which was new I, I didn't um, they, I saw a number of of uh, chokeouts to to tap out and 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 certainly a lot of a lot of wins by Nawaza which is great now I decided to take a look at the actual statistics to the things that I thought I saw during the Grand Prix. And the statistics bear out what I saw. Um, so let me break down what I noticed and and the direction that this is going. So so they were a total of three hundred fifty three contests. Two hundred twenty three of those contests were won by ippon. Uh, Forty seven of those ippon wins were were hansoku wins, which you know I'd like to see that number lower, but it is it did. Better. Only eight contests with more than two Wazari in the contest. That that's minuscule compared to 353. I mean, that's tiny. So 63% of the contests, if you include the Hansukumaki wins, were were won by Yppon. And if you take away those those 47 Hansukumaki wins, that would be about Almost 50% of the contests were won by Ippon with a throw if you exclude Hansa Kumaki. That's 176 total matches. Let's see here. 37% of the contests were won with a Wazari lead. And less than 1% of the matches, <laughs> tiny. 0.022% of the matches had more than two Wazari. That's, that's eight matches, like I said. 52 matches scored at least two Wazari. And let's see... Oh, so this is where I was going with that last point. Is that... Look, I'm telling you... And, and again, I hate that there's no Wazari. I was set to Eppon. I'll keep hammering that point until somebody in the IJF hears me... And changes it after the World Championships. If you were to include... All of the those 52 matches that scored at least two Wazari... And add those to the 176 total matches... You would have had you would have had sixty four and a half percent of the matches winning by Ipon. and that's if you exclude the Hansoku wins. Now, look, I understand that you know if there if you did have Wazari to Ipon, perhaps those matches would play out very differently, and those statistics would look very different. But I think if you had Wazari Awasete Ipon, it, it it would be better. Because these matches need to be, I don't need to see four-minute matches. I want to see decisive victories. And and I don't need to see five-minute matches or ten-minute matches. I want to see decisive victories. And to me, if you've got two Wazari, that's a, you, look, you dominated that match. That's a, that's a decisive win to me. Now, the men's division had, of all the contests in the men's division, 32 contests were decided by Hansoku Kumaki. Uh, compared to in the women's division, only 15 contests were decided, decided by Hansoku Makki. So, what does that mean? Men cheat more than women. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I, I don't know what that really means. I, I think maybe men are taking more risks in their contests. So, in terms of these statistics, how do these match up to to, to the to the Paris Grand Slam? So. The percentage of pure ippon by pure ippon, I mean winning by by uh, tachiwaza, shimewaza, Waza, you know, winning without hansoku maki, those wins were up ten percent compared to to Paris. So in Paris, I think the, the pure, I call them pure ippon, was only about forty percent. The total number of ippon wins were were up by six percent and the percentage of scores with two wazari or more was up 5%. And so the what this tells me is that the athletes are adjusting and the judo is getting more exciting. And I, I got to tell you I like I said I only watch from the semifinals on for all of the days. And there's a couple of matches that that I want to uh, be able to highlight here that let's see I'll go through this quickly. On day 1 Oh, I I gotta give it up to Abe of 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 Japan, youngest ever winner at Dusseldorf, youngest ever IJF um, major tournament winner, I believe she was only sixteen years old. Uh, I think this is the sister of uh, Hifume Abe. I think I, I don't quote me on that. So congratulations for her for for winning that fifty two k division. Now, look, Magdalena Kelmendi took a day off. I I think. She she's a beast out there, and I I mean that in the most kindest of ways. Uh, she she took a day off, and I I don't know if she would have lost to Abe if she was competing. I I think Kelmendi is arguably out of everybody on that tour the best. Let's see uh, what, what what are the key matches out there. So so basically, you know, last uh, two weeks ago I talked about the best match ever and and must see TV. So these are matches that I say you, you got to watch. The the under-66-kilogram bronze medal match between uh, Khan Magamenov versus um, Shemailov of Russia versus Israel. There was a great, I tell you, great Ogoshi to Kasich Atami in that match. You got to watch that match. Let's see. The, the under-57-kilo gold medal match, uh, Mongolia versus Germany, looks like... Yeah, Stoll wins this one. Stall of Germany wins this one for the home crowd, and they were very excited about that. And she she won with a Wazari and golden score. It wasn't a it wasn't a great match, but you know what? It was the last match of the day, and the crowd goes home happy. And and you know that's the way to do it. You you want to see, you know, in, in NBA basketball, you want to see the last second shot. In in, in NFL football, you want to see that that lat that that game scoring drive. This is the equivalent of that. Uh, Stoll had a very, very good match and a very, very good day to win in front of the home crowd. And very very happy for her. Let's see. Uh, the under-52 kilo division, Valentin of Brazil versus Florian of Romania. You got to see that match as well. Huge upon there. Uh, Must-see TV. And let's see. What else uh, with note of day one? The under-57 kilo match. Um, let me see if I get the, this name right. Shakia of Russia versus Udaka of Japan. Beautiful win uh by Ipon, by Udaka. That again, that's must see TV. Something else I noticed on on, on day one, I, I noticed it really throughout all the days, is this really obnoxious drumming going on in the background. Can anybody out there explain to me what that was? Cause it was getting a bit much. Just 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 dun 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 I just, I mean, I'm sure you thought that was annoying. This was even worse. And then somebody, you got a few people in the crowd honking with the Vuvuzela or something like that. I would have preferred to see a... I would have preferred to listen to the Vuvuzela over the drumming. It just, I didn't understand what it was. It was like a, I don't know, some kind of tribal ritual or something, you know, calling for... I, I don't know. I'm not even gonna go there. But it was just a very odd drumming uh, happening constantly. Let's see some of the day two key matches. Um, oh, fantastic gold medal match in the under 73 kilo division. You you uh, you gotta you gotta watch this match. It was just incredible. It was one of those best match ever type matches. The winner of that contest was Iartsev of Russia. Hopefully, I got that name right. Uh, name right. He also had a great match in his semi final contest against Macias of Sweden. Just, just, you got to watch those two matches. I highly recommend it. The under 81 kilo final, final was literally the worst match ever. L- Lapinagov won by Fustin Gaichi's opponent was supposed to be Attila Ngvari N- of Hungary, but he apparently had a knee injury. So basically, he stepped out there. Uh, Ray to the mat stepped off and he won a gold medal um, so good day for him nonetheless he made it to that final final contest so in the under 81 kilo bronze match um, let's see between Ekatize of Portugal versus uh Noaga of Moldavia this was definitely must see TV you got to see that one Oh, uh, ladies' division under three under sixty three kilo gold medal match. Fantastic win for Agamendu of France. Just fantastic. You gotta see it. Gotta see that one. Oh, another one. Tina Turstin Jack, who's one of my favorites on the tour to watch. She she won her bronze medal match by Fuchin as well. Just uh, Lucy Renshaw had a. She was supposed to fight Lucy Renshaw of Great Britain, but she had a, just a terrible injury. I, I I wish her a speedy recovery. It was, it was against her match against Agamenu of France, and and yikes! I just just her screaming in pain. I I hate seeing that from anybody. Just just disgusting. Ugh, ugh. Let's see what what else was noted day two. Uh the match of ari versus uh, of Arriver of Japan versus Van Van. Oh, Van Dyke really. Of the Netherlands was another best match ever in the under 70 kilogram semi-final. Oh, beautiful counter of uh by Arai for the win. You gotta watch that one. Now on day three, really exciting gold medal match between uh of Georgia versus Kalmurzov of Russia. Sorry for the pronunciations. I'm trying my best, people. I mean, this match was awesome. You gotta watch it. Best match ever from start to finish. It was I mean, I thought, uh, I I thought on the throw, the the way that match was, I thought he was robbed of Ipon. The, uh, the the fellow from Georgia won it, and I don't know. It seemed like almost like like a rivalry of sorts. I mean, this this guy was really pumped up to get that win more so than I've seen a lot of the other athletes. Another uh, another great match in the under hundred kilo final uh, between Aaron Wolf of Japan versus uh, Toma Nikolai uh Nikiforov of Belgium. Now, can somebody help me out here? Aaron Wolf is not a typical Japanese name. It sounds like a the name sounds American to be honest with you. not I, I mean he sounds like an American to me. I mean, not only that, but listen a name like Aaron Wolf, that's awesome. I mean, that's an awesome name. There, there's some names out there that are just awesome. And I don't know if anybody out there is a Simpsons fan. Um, remember that the episode where he changed his name to Max Power? Yeah, I I love that episode, and a lot of people have said my name, Dave Roman, is is an awesome name. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I think the ultimate sports name ever is uh NFL Hall of Fame, Great Dick Buttkiss. That that is like the ultimate of names in my opinions. But anyway, this final match should be a what, what do you call it? A, a clinic on how not to turtle in a championship bout because look aaron wolf is an excellent judoka he's 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 done very well for himself but man i don't know what he was doing here he he got thrown tripped up he decided to turtle and it was he didn't defend it properly at all as a matter of fact Nikiforov looked stood there for a brief moment it looked like he was thinking to himself dude are you serious before he decided to jump on that turtle and choke him out with Ukuri Erijime, it definitely must see TV just for just to see what not to do in a judo tournament. I I don't know what Aaron Wolf was doing. Maybe he just had a lapse, um, but I don't know. This isn't ten years ago where you jumped the turtle and then they told Mate right away. They're the referees are letting you letting you fight Nawaza and they're giving you time. So it was a great match to watch. Uh, just just for. Just as a, it's a teachable moment to any of you young guys out there, or any of you competitors. If you're going to turtle up, you you better defend pretty well because, because Aaron Wolf paid the price. He might have won that match, and but he paid the price for that one. Let's take a look here. Nice win by Michael Correll of the Netherlands for Epon. That was, it, I believe, a semifinal match. Uh, let's see. Very in the under in the over hundred kilo match, Hawasaro of Japan had a beautiful uchimata in that match. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, oh, let's see beautiful uchigari by Malgona of France against Karen Stevenson of the Netherlands in the semifinal round. That's a must see TV. And there was a I didn't really watch the repercharge all that much, but I got to tell you, in the over seventy eight kilo division, Sony of Japan threw. IRO Mocha of the Ukraine with a beautiful textbook Tayatoshi. it was it was picture perfect you got to watch that match so those obviously those weren't all the matches I'm sure there were some incredible bone-rattling epons in some of the earlier matches but I, I just didn't see them I couldn't see them I was busy doing a, a an interview and and I just had a busy weekend I was spending time with my wife I, I went to uh to my disco party last weekend, I got really, oh, 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 I had a little bit too much to drink, but but I had a good time, and and yeah, so I just had a very full weekend. I couldn't watch all the matches, so I will try not to get that drunk again for a very long time. But I had a lot of fun. I looked the part. I I was I pulled it off very well. I I looked. I dressed to the nines, as as we put it in United States. So. But with that, I think I'm gonna say Sayonara on this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found it informative. If if you don't like what I'm saying, if you don't like what I'm doing, feel free to reach out to me again at La Vida Judoka. You can reach out to me on the show email, judo show at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to me on Facebook. You could just search on the Judo Chopsui podcast and you'll it'll be pulled up there. Uh, if, you, uh, if you listen to this on iTunes or Stitcher or, or Podbean, feel free to give this a thumbs up. I don't know what that really does, but I, I know that if you give more thumbs up and leave reviews, you, you, the podcast tends to be featured, and I want more people to listen in. Not that I need the numbers. I, I've got a lot of listeners as it is. But look, there's not a lot of judo content out there. There's been some people that started off podcasts in the past, and and for whatever reason they've fallen by the wayside. Um, years ago, there was a great one called Taking It Uneasy, but but I believe the fellow Lex got uh, got busy with life. I think he's like a MIT instructor or something like that now. But but you know there isn't a lot of material out there, so I want to be able to promote this podcast, not not to for any financial benefit because there is none and there never will be, but. I would like to, I would like for people to be a part of this, be engaged in the judo community. The judo community is global to me, and the more that I can reach out and, and talk to people and get emails and such, I love that. I love hearing from you guys, and there's a lot of email I don't read on the air because I, I mean this, I, I only, I try and keep this within an hour. And looking at this now, I've already gone almost an hour and two minutes, so. I mean, I, I could spend hours reading email and that kind of thing. I'm still waiting for the voicemail. Who's going to do that? Who's going to send me the voicemail and send it via email and I'll play it on the air and I could, we could all laugh, laugh about it. You can laugh at me. You can criticize me, whatever it is. Look, I read the email. I read the message earlier about the guy critical of my podcast and some of the things, the subject that I had. I love that stuff. Don't keep them coming. If you have something critical to say, if you think I suck, Go ahead. Let me know. I'll read it on the air and I'll probably get a good chuckle out of it. But I don't mind getting, you know, and if I laugh, I'm not laughing at you. I just, I'm laughing because I love the fact that I'm, somebody's taking me to task. I'm, I'm a big boy. I can take it. So with that, I hope you have a great week. I hope you have a great class at judo. I hope you train hard. I hope you stay safe. And until next time. I'm out. Open Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. Op, 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 op. Open Gangnam Style.